you know, this idea of Meta's Canadian online news ban and how it's kind of starting to trickle into our daily lives and affect the way that we're gathering information. This was a big conversation when we were talking about the shooting that took place this week at West Edmonton Mall. A lot of people saying that they weren't able to see that news break because it wasn't coming through on some of the social media sites that they were just naturally on. So unless you're somebody who's really monitoring Twitter, you might have completely missed that information until much later on or or until even the next morning. You know, the other part of this conversation is the fact that there are some major wildfires, despite I know what the weather looks like right now outside here in Edmonton, that have been plaguing our province for the last several months. And so when it comes to evacuees trying to get this information about wildfires, you want it to be everywhere, everywhere that it possibly can be. And so this now news block is really kind of reframing the conversation about where people are sourcing that information. And is it maybe shifting our attention to more mainstream places like AM and FM radio, like right here on 630 Chet. We're going to get into it right now with our guest, who's a professor of sociology and media and technology studies at the University of Alberta, Dr. Gordon Gao. Dr. Gao, thanks for making the time. We really appreciate it. Hi, glad to be here. Thank you. You know, you wrote an article for theconversation.com and you talk a little bit about the importance of radio, which feels great to talk about on a radio station. I mean, it's a really nice pat on the back for us, so obviously uh, that's of interest. But, I mean, it really goes down to this this ban and the fact that now there might even be more importance placed on those really traditional media outlets. Why was it that you wanted to, to dive into this specifically? Well, I think just... I really want to remind people that these uh, traditional technologies, what we call free-to-air radio, you know, no subscription required, Mm -hmm. you just need a radio, and most of us have them in our vehicles at the very least, uh, is a very reliable source of information, especially during an emergency situation when infrastructure might be down or the internet might not be working very well, uh, or indeed, you know, you might be on the move. Uh, Folks who were evacuating Whitehorse coming down to high level may have found themselves in situations where they had no internet or maybe no cellular. And so you could still, you know, if you can still turn on the radio in the vehicle and pick up an AM signal uh, from a broadcaster in a nearby or even a distant area, you know, you can get information um, often that's critically important. So it's easy to forget about these old technologies when we're so consumed with our digital media today. And I think there's a component, Dr. Gao, too, of being able to be a hyper-local that maybe gets overlooked or maybe taken for granted. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we like telephones themselves, you know, they're so commonplace. It's been around for so long we don't really even think about it and um, and sometimes I wonder with the younger generation <laughs> whether they even think about it at all because maybe they very rarely if ever listen to the radio um, and you know it's important I think one of the things about radio that brings to it of course is that um, you have a, you have staff at the radio station who can be monitoring social media as well can be checking facts and making sure that what's going out on the air is correct and up to date. So it's a really important uh, source to triangulate that with your social media feeds to make sure the information you're getting is accurate. 
you know, yesterday when we were talking on the morning show about where people were able to get their information in terms of the shooting that took place at West Edmonton Mall, a lot of people, and you know, maybe more than I expected, said that they got it from the radio. So, I mean, I think that there is still this, this sort of this large appetite of people that will naturally seek this out in terms of a place to get information. But what about those audiences that you just mentioned, maybe those younger demographics that aren't necessarily as familiar with it? What do you think the answer is there? Well, it's a great question. I'm not sure, Um, you know, whether it's just, you know, talking to younger people or at least making them aware that, that there, oh, by the way, there is this thing called over the air radio. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, I think that's part of it. Um, And, at the same time, you know, uh, maybe, you know, government, of course, relies on radio in times of emergencies when infrastructure is down. So we all have cell phones, and there is a public alerting system in Canada that works over our cellular network. Many of you, many of your listeners will have received those alerts on their phones, whether they're Amber Alerts or what have you. But again, if that network goes down, then um, where do you turn? And so governments are relying on multiple sources uh, to, to get the word out. And and so some of the comments I've had on that article are, are like, well, where do you find an AM and FM radio these days and so on? But if you go to any online retailer, uh, that technology is still available and it's actually very cheap. So I think one of the things that, that people need to think about is, well, maybe it's worth investing 20 bucks or $50 in a basic AM radio, put some batteries in it, have it at the house, if something happens, at least I've got it there and I can turn it on to get updates in the event of an emergency. And that's kind of a basic, you know, emergency preparedness kit element that we should all have. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously you can access uh, 630 Ched and radio stations through your smart speakers. Our shows are all podcasted as well, so you can subscribe, you can download those for free. I think, you know, changing and understanding that that times will adjust and shift and pivot, I think is something that's really important for all industries, including this one, which is why this news ban is frustrating because you want to be able to have your mainstream platform like terrestrial radio, but then also still be able to then reach those eyeballs that are on social media. And that sort of brings us back to this conversation about the the news ban that now we're seeing take place all over yeah. meta platforms. And so I, I want to touch on that a little bit, Dr. Gao, just your your thoughts on that. Is this something that's, uh, that's handcuffing traditional media sources, what you think it might do to small startup outlets? And mm-hmm. what do you think ultimately this means for Canadians? We do have to take a very short break. So I'm going to throw all those questions back your way in just a couple of minutes. I promise we'll be really fast with this. Talking sure. to Dr. Gordon Gao, who's a professor of sociology and media and technology studies here at the University of Alberta talking about the importance of radio and Meta's Canadian news ban. That's next in three minutes. Uh, We're talking about Meta's Canadian news block and now how it's placing some more emphasis of importance on traditional radio. Our guest is a professor of sociology and media and technology studies at the University of Alberta, Dr. Gordon Gao. Dr. Gao, thanks so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate it. So, Dr. Gao, you had just written an article for theconversation.com and you, you started off by describing that you were actually in a really remote part of the Northwest Territories when the uh, one of the evacuation orders was issued for the area of Yellowknife. And it kind of highlighted to you the fact that traditional radio, FM and AM, really serve an important role here in terms of getting important information out. But does it worry you when 
you're kind of coming to terms with the fact that can, Meta's Canadian news block is making it less accessible for some people. Yeah, it's a it's a, a really controversial move by Meta. Uh, in response to you know Canadian legislation that could require them to negotiate with the news publishers in Canada as as part of a revenue sharing agreement, and the idea behind this is to protect journalism in Canada because it's they're dealing with obviously a, a problem around revenue in this new space, um, and it's it's very controversial. And I and I I spoke with people in 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 this remote area of the Northwest Territories, Polituck. And they said, oh, well, we, you know, we, we can't get the news on Facebook, but we just go right to the news source. We just step, you know, go right to uh, the, the radio station or the newspaper. So it's an inconvenience, but it's not stopping us from getting news. At the same time, you know, Meta has refused to lift the block during what is, you know, a state of emergency in Canada and in B.C. And I think that has enraged a lot of people and and in a way I may backfire on Meta because it it suggests that Meta maybe they really are less responsive to Canadians needs than we might have thought right and so I'm not sure it's a smart move on their part in the long run Especially because, you know, you describe that situation of people maybe acknowledging that it's a little bit inconvenient. We live in a world of convenience. And so I think anything that's going to make it harder for us, we might not necessarily take that step to go out of our way to do. Martin on the text line here says, a news app is just as easy to open as the Facebook app if people can't figure out where to find news other than Facebook. Well, I don't know what to say about them. And I get that mentality, of course, and I know you do too, but you know, I think the idea of constantly refreshing your news apps is just something that maybe our habits have have not necessarily adjusted (laughs) with the times to do. And so it might be leaving people in the dark or really at a a loss when it comes to important information. I think so. Um, you know, an emergency is an extraordinary situation. So, we, you know, on the one hand, we have to kind of set that aside because that's that's different. But in day-to-day news access, the meta block um, is significant because, it, it, you know, what Facebook or Instagram allows people to do is to share that information easily within their social networks. And so I think when you go to an, a third-party app or to the source, it, it can be a little more difficult to share it uh, and to see that kind of this, you know, involve your social network in the news, and and that's significant. That's a significant barrier. At the same time, um, it might slow us down a little bit in terms of sharing, and that may actually put a break on some of the misinformation that can also so easily be shared by mistake hmm. within your network. I hope that you're right. I worry about these sites only being now populated by fake news or information that might not necessarily be verified and then that just becoming all that people are exposed to. Um, But I mean, we still have yet to see how this is all really going to unfold and how it's going to affect Canadians. I know there are uh, some encouragements to to go dark, to to make your account completely go black uh, this week for the next couple of days in order to try to create some pushback against Meta. What do you think about those those types of moves or this type of backlash against these big giants? Do you think it will have any sort of effect? It might. Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily count on it. Um, you know, these are these are tech giants. So in a way, this block demonstrates it's almost a 
power standoff with the federal government, right, yeah. to see who's going to win. So I wouldn't count on it. On the other hand, I think what it has raised our awareness is that maybe we've become a little bit, some of us have become a little bit too reliant on Facebook as a single source, and maybe we'd be better to diversify our media sources a little bit um and um just like our diets right you know you don't, if you're eating only one thing all the time that's going to affect your health and i think it's the same with our media a diversity of sources and finding other ways to share them may actually be healthier for all of us in the long run well said dr gal thank you so much for your time this afternoon i really appreciate it my pleasure. Take care. You too. That's Dr. Gordon Gow, Professor of Sociology and Media and Technology Studies here at the University of Alberta.